Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Technically. My name is Valentine Muhamba. I am the editor at Texim. And today I'm joined by Milton Shanai, who's the co-founder of IMITS, which is, uh, I guess, for people who know shopping, it's it's kind of like Instacart. Uh, Milton, how are you? It's going excellent. How are you, Valentine? Thank you for having me again. Thank you for coming. Sorry, <clears throat> I had to schedule this at 2 a.m. In, in the United States. <laughs> <laughs> No, not really. Um, I'm used to it now because uh, I, you know, have a lot of uh, pe- people that I work with in India, Pakistan, all these different countries. So um, I don't have a sleep schedule anymore, but that's okay. This is a special occasion. <laughs> that, that's kind of concerning to see you don't have a sleep schedule because, yeah, it's very, very concerning. <laughs> we can talk about that later. <laughs> so, so this is here for uh, IMITS. How did it come about? Uh, I know, you know we know the necessity, but in, in your perspective, how did it come about? Um, you know, it's funny you mentioned, I, I don't know um, that I could have just sat around, like say I went to a mountaintop and just sort of conjured this idea. Um, essentially, I just came about because it's a personal problem for me. And I think a lot of people like, uh, like around by the diaspora, right? Mm. They want to provide for, you know, for, for their folks back home, like people that help them get home, you know, get out of there. Mm. Right. So the idea is like, how was the best way to do it? And so there was no right way to do it. There was the obvious ones, you know, send money and that, that, that type of thing. Right. I mean, that's pretty much the route that everyone goes through. Um, but then I read an article quite a while back that was talking about, I mean, there's a couple of cases we can talk about, but then there is one, they were saying um, most, um, most remittances are used for grocery. Right. I mean, that's just, I think 69%, that was a rough number, 60, 70%, just about. So, um, so what we try to do is say, okay, well, why not just create something that just makes sense, right? Just makes it even, you know, it makes it easier for everyone. We can avoid the remittance fees. We can avoid all kinds of things going on. Um, and then, um, I'll be honest, when I first used Instacart, I was a big critic. I thought it was a joke. I didn't think anyone would actually use it. And then um, the pandemic hit last year, and I was like, holy cow, I mean, this is actually really, really good stuff. It just worked, right? It did everything that you wanted. It got you every single product that you wanted, um, and it came in a timely fashion. Um, so for me, it just hit the spot for me. I just figured, well, why, why not just do something um, like this for back home? And then called a couple of my buddies, and we kind of went through the uh, logistics and how things would work, and we just kind of you know came together, so... Um, that's basically the birth of Iman's, I want to say in a nutshell. That sounds like how the, the A-team starts. Like, on a plan. <laughs> like yeah. We didn't have a plan, but we just figured there's a problem. Let's solve the problem. We're just curious because I was um, reading about uh, Instacart a while back and the founder of the company mm-hmm. realized that if he had failed in so many endeavors before and realized to launch anything that's moderately successful or that will stick to some degree, it has to mm-hmm. solve a problem. So for Zimbabwe... Right. IMITS uh, is part of that solution of uh, the remittance space because remittances in Zim are like, like you said, it's mostly used for groceries and, and services. So for right. someone to seamlessly put that through is is great. But that's also saying that there are, there's a lot of competition in the market. Uh, most of the remittance players, guys like Mukuru, uh, I think Sendi too also did something with, with groceries. Um, I've been in the space for a while uh, in, in terms of uh, in terms of sending groceries back as part of the remittance remittance game. Uh, what separates IMITS from the traditional uh, remittance players who are trying to do groceries? Um, so typically what happens is, I mean, a lot of times, if you have you ever just done a Google search for, like, say, um, send groceries to Zoom, have you ever done that by any chance? Yeah. Um, you go on Facebook. I mean, I kid you not, there's at least 100 different players that are doing it, 
Mm -hmm. Right. So um, I could, I could easily name off like 15 or 20 just right off the bat. Mm -hmm. And what happens is as a guy that wants to like, you know, put their credit card information or like they want to pay for something, like there's no guarantee that, you know, that you make that payment that you're going to get the the goods that you, you know, that you expect to receive. Right. So there's so many different players that you don't understand, like how big these companies are like, are you going to get scammed? I mean, there's just so much going on. So like there's a whole problem with warehousing too. I mean, that's where pretty much all of them are just warehousing stuff. So they just buy um, the same products from a different place and then, um, or they create hampers, right? Um, you know, over at Iamids, if you go to our Instagram page on Iamids, you will find we have a thing, we have a disdain for hampers. Um, hampers, we don't, we don't like those just because we want people to have choice, right? So, um, so when Iamids came about, we we're like, okay, why not just have people shop from stores that they already know? These are brand name stores that everyone's heard of, everyone knows. You ever spend time with Zim, you know exactly what OK, Spar. Um, food Emporium, all the different companies, you know who they are. So why not just guarantee that we can get you product that's safe, that's efficient, and then we can deliver it to you. So um, that's one of the biggest differences. And as far as pricing is concerned, I and mean, if you take a look at the average company, I'm not going to name any, obviously, but uh, there is a couple of companies that produce hampers, right? And typically, if you take a look at their hampers, um, and you, and you know, say there's like the gold, silver, bronze, or however one they want to tear it. If you go through IMETs and you take a look at their actual hampers and you take a look at the price points, our price points are actually sometimes a little bit better than a lot of these hampers. So there's no added advantage of getting a hamper over just going into IMETs, making the purchase from the store that you already know, and maybe saving a little bit of money. Um, so I think overall, it's just a better deal from, you know, from a neutral perspective. It's just better just to shop from Iamets versus any other company out there, I think. Interestingly enough, you mentioned the hampers, uh, because there's, um, uh, and I know you don't want to mention competition, but I, I love stirring the pot every now and again. Um, but <laughs> I usually follow Mukuru really closely because they're the biggest, uh, player in the market. And they have these mm-hmm. basic food hampers, food packs, they call them, and then basically t- basic toiletry packs at 30 bucks. And then a combo pack mm-hmm. going for thirty two fifty, um, and this mm-hmm. is like you said, stuff that doesn't give you the option to choose what you want. It just assumes that the consumer can just accept what we've put mm-hmm. together. And I, I like right. the disdain for hampers because it shows that you know people aren't stupid. People know what they want. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you know what you want. Like you, you're going to OK or Spa. You know I want. I only take, for example, Aquafresh as my toothpaste of choice. Why would I want a hamper right. that gives me cold beer, for example? Even though the difference between the two doesn't make sense, but the customer preference mm-hmm. is something that is that, that is sticky. So has has that worked for you in terms of uh, volumes, uh, sales volumes in the diaspora that bespokeness to, to to orders? Yeah, absolutely. So to typically what happens is, so I have um, so remember I was mentioning earlier we have the different founders, right? So like there's um, so everyone has like some kind of expertise, right? So each one of us is delegated to do something, right? And then we have a couple, you know, people on staff. Um, so there's a one person um, that does the marketing. We just had a meeting the other day. They were telling us that um, what they're finding is typically they will get a message, right? So someone signs up for the app and they'll get a message about, hey, you know what's going on? Is this, you know, is this a real place? Is this a real company? It just sounds too good to be true and all this other stuff. And they go, oh, yeah, of course, there's a real live person that's here, right? Mm-hmm. And then typically they'll see the order coming in right after, right? So there's a direct correlation. So I think about, um, I want to say about 89% or maybe even higher 
rather, of people that place an order, like submitted some kind of email or a message just before it's to make sure like a legitimate company. I understand that's just the market space, but um, I think typically the average uh, person that orders something from Zim, like they're like, you know, some they're, they're used to being disappointed. I mean, that's just one or two things that I've, you know, understood about the market sometimes. Um, but generally once they kind of go through the process, they just feel really, really good about it. And then they we talk to them, they see this real person behind there. And then they just, you know, understand the guarantees that we have, they go through the term service, they know they can reach somebody if something goes wrong. Um, so yeah, so it, there is a direct correlation as far as that's concerned. Like there is, um, um, you know, people are, you know, really liking the idea as far as we can tell so far. The conversion that you said is about 80% for people who send you inquiries and then making a purchase. I want to say in a lot, like 89%, just about this is the numbers that we're looking at. That, that's, that's impressive. That's just like a massive growth number uh, because it then correlates to the obviously Instacart, which is, I think, was only profitable. It's only profitable month was in April or June 2020, according to some mm-hmm. reports. So are you in that bubble now that, you know, you the, the growth factor? To profitability or you guys just want to make an imprint or have you prioritized one or the other growth or, or profitability um so right now all we're focused on is growth right just growth 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 um because ultimately what we want is i mean because i mean there was a study i mean i keep bringing up the study but there was a specific study that was talking about um like what our remittance is used for right um i think there was one that was done by university elites and then there's one done by the uh, poverty center i believe um, but essentially what they talk about is they say, um, okay, so where's the money going to? And then number one, obviously groceries. Number two is, um, um, I, I might be saying these out of order, but then there's uh, uh, building materials, uh, tuition, um, clothing is another one. So when you kind of put those all together, so we wanted to make sure that we can kind of put them all together. But just right off the bat, it's going to be difficult, right? We want to make sure that we create an MVP, Right. Um, so we just started off with growth through the top category. Um, so within the next couple of months, we're looking to add in uh, the clothing source. Right. But since e-commerce hasn't taken off that much, I mean, how willing are people to buy clothes on on, on an app? Right. Um, so we want to move into maybe sneakers. I mean, that's going to be um, the direction that we want to go to, like just in the next couple of months. Um, so I'm just really going to encompass a lot of different um you know, just a lot of different avenues or just a lot of different things that you can purchase online. I mean, that's what we want to do ultimately. Interesting. You'd be surprised at the amount of people, the amount of Zimbabweans I've spoken to who have Sheen on their on their phone or purchasing clothes directly from Sheen, especially as Black Friday approaches. Um, I think the, the market is there for clothes, but it's a very, I guess it's a very new Zimbabwean term, a north of Samora thing. It's for the affluent neighborhoods. That's where people probably mostly want to buy um Close through an app. I think the diaspora fits into that into that well, but the, I think the food delivery part is is probably the biggest because food is one of those necessities that you can't really uh, really overlook. Um, so going back to the comparisons with with Instacart, I know this should get annoying, but I'm sorry, it's like the, <laughs> the one company that best mirrors you guys. We don't have a local uh, alternative that that is like super close to you guys. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of sales figures, uh, so I'm not sure when the when the app actually launched. Um, mm-hmm. So you can give me like a history of, of sales figures, what you've seen year on year or month on month for as long as you've existed. Oh, God. So honestly, so what we try to do, we, uh, so we've been at this for, for quite some time. I think uh, if you actually go to our Instagram page, you'll notice that um, we had, um, so again, you know, so we started like right about June mm-hmm. of 2020. And then we're looking at a launch date about December, 2020. Right. 
Um, but then like there is um, a very unfortunate things that you find out like when you run a business, right? Because you can sit down and say, oh, you know, this is going to happen within um, two months. And then after that, we're going to make a billion dollars in sales, right? But then the obvious hurdle comes in, which is availability of product, right? So that was the main thing. So when we started to do the tests, you know, we started to find out like, oh, wait a minute, like, you know, some t- there was so much that was going on. So we had to build the infrastructure and all that sort of stuff. Um, so we had to like launch, um, kind of go back a little bit and they just relaunched the product. So we relaunched, I want to say, um, in August. Um, that was when we're fully operational. We'd done all the different tests. We made sure that we did um, product availability. Uh, we made sure that... Um, the delivery drivers, I mean, you know, there was so much that we're doing on the back end, right, just to make sure that it worked. Um, but as far as sales is concerned, so um, the past, um, uh, there's, there's a guy that does all, all that stuff. His name's got a guy. He was telling me, um, he, so we do, I want to say sales volume is about, I want to say about 15, 15 to 20 per day. And then, so that was like the first, I want to say the first month. And then the month after that, we started to see, I want to say about 50 to 100 um, per week. And then I want to say we average about 200 orders. I want to say just about per week. It's like from December 2020 when when launch was was actualized. Uh, I want to say... You see, so that's, that's a funny thing, right? So did we launch in December? We launched in, so we launched in August, you know, so like, you know, August this year, honestly, um, that's when the app, you could go on there and download it and use it a hundred percent, just really get immersed in the honest experience. So like, so since then we've been doing about 200 orders per week, I want to say. Okay, that's actually pretty impressive to be honest because um, Zimbabweans don't trust services that much. And like what you said earlier, it's like people then realizing they're actually people behind this and the, the thing is going to get where it's going and you guys obviously have established brands and stores around you. Um, that is sort of a, I don't want to call it exponential, but that's that's a very sharp increase in, in terms of sales for, for a fledgling company. Uh, I say congratulations are in order. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to say, see, but that, but it was by design, right? So, um, so this goes... You know, this goes to what I was saying earlier. Uh, to you know, we're having a couple of meetings again with a couple of guys, and we're talking about like this is way before we launched. We're kind of trying to figure out like the best way to post to market, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so if you take a look at, um, I think if you read the article that you know, um, I think it was uh, Gary Kai as well. He wrote on your um, on the page. Yeah. Um, he was talking about you know, I was mentioning that um, there are so many different countries like Colombia, Venezuela, El Salvador. Uh, Vietnam, there's so many different countries, right? They have similar, um, you know, a lot of the things that we see in them are, you know, very similar to what's going on, like in those different countries, right? So when you sort of put a, you know, put those all together, what starts to happen is um, each one of those countries has some form of Instacart, Mm -hmm. right? So the blueprint is very, very easy to follow. So it's very easy to follow without making you, you know, that many errors. Mm. Um, so just the introduction, the brand familiarity, people just know about it. And then especially if you, you know, uh, targeting the, the, the diaspora specifically, they're very familiar with the Instacart uh, model. And, you know, so they understand like, you know, so they have, so building trust was just a little bit, um, I want to say it was, you know, familiar. You know, it was, you know, there was almost a path that you could follow that just kind of made it make sense. 
uh, to a lot of people that we talk to. I know that. Uh, um, yeah, because I always get from founders and and startups that trust is one of those things that takes. Um, they say it's sixth sense to kind of try and figure out um, if it doesn't speak in your business model, then, you know, if you're in a crowded market, you can actually really work your part off to, to get people to, to believe that you are delivering what you are, what you're delivering. And, and then stuff like deliveries is, is, um, is something that Zimbabweans are usually used to using runners for, um, you know, people who cross the border with, you know, uh, bags full of groceries and then disperse them at, at endpoints. So I'm guessing that the first impression anyone would have, would have gotten from that is, is the colloquial um, reflection of, of, of a grocery delivery service and is that they're predominantly using runners when, in, in fact, you guys um, incorporated stores. Now, that's interesting because, like, to get stuff like, okay, Zimbabwe um, on board, for example, the, the nation's probably biggest retailer. How did that go about? Mm-hmm. I think they did try their own food delivery service because um, I saw one of their subsidiaries, Bon Marche, uh, had a food delivery uh, WhatsApp thing uh, during the height of the pandemic last year. So how did you guys mm-hmm. swing that idea to them to be a partner with us? Um, so, so one of the things, like, just so you know, I mean, just want to make sure I get this out for you out. It's like there is no affiliation between climates and all these retailers, right? Okay. Um, so this is typically just a bunch of guys that have an idea, right? So obviously we were looking to approach them at some point and just kind of show them the numbers and just let them know, um, what a partnership would entail. Um, I'll give you an example. So one of the biggest questions that we get all the time is like, can we go to the store and actually pick a product? Right. That's one of the biggest thing. So um, a partnership with, say, OK, is one of the biggest retailers. Right. There's added advantages for them partnering with us because we're already doing the logistics and just doing the marketing here in the diaspora. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so once they were to come and approach us, you know, there were, we would easily add an option where, you know, someone can make a purchase and they can go into a store. Right. And then also there's the emails with the most loyal customers and, you know, the, the repeat, you know, uh, purchases and all this other stuff. So there is so much added advantage of a future partnership between these, some of these companies. Mm. Um, but initially, I don't know that they understood the idea or they felt like they wanted to associate themselves with an idea that hadn't matured yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm pretty sure, like, you know, over the next couple of months, you're going to see the numbers and going to see just how people feel about it. Um, you know, there will be, you know... Um, you know, Amit's is going to change a little bit more. I think it's going to be all good for the customer and the uh, on the back end. So at this point, maybe I, I got you wrong. Is uh, mostly it's uh, Amit's guys going to OK and uh, OK Martin Spa and whatnot, and just buying the product for the customer who, who's ordered it. Uh, pretty correct. Yeah, okay. And so, yeah, I don't know if it's so we partner with um with with the company Link to Load. Um, it's the um I think it's one of the best delivery companies, honestly. I think in Zoom. You know, um, so essentially they handle a lot of the logistics, you know, they do the hiring of the drivers, they do all the good stuff. I mean, it's just fantastic what we've, you know, kind of put together. Mm. It's actually impressive. It's, it goes by the whole model that I don't think Zimbabweans have realized, well, not, not necessarily Zimbabweans, I think generalizing would be kind of cruel, um, is that the biggest companies in the world right now don't own every single step of the way. They own parts and they contract mm-hmm. the company. So it's, it's good to see that you're bringing the American sensibilities <laughs> to just, <laughs> just guys, you don't have to own the trucks. You can just hire out a guy who can do the work for you. There's enough to, to go around. Um, on the logistics front uh, is, is one thing I've, I've I spent most, most of last year actually looking at logistics in Zimbabwe. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm curious to know what you made of it going in. Like, um, how was it um, trying to find the right partner to, to uh, uh, for your idea, what was the, the the vetting process like? How many startups or companies did you approach to be like, yeah, we've got this idea, we want to take off the ground, we want you to be part of it. 
um, quite a few, honestly. So th- there, there's a couple that, you know, just didn't see the vision or just didn't understand it, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's some that didn't want to be um, associated with failure, right? They had to protect the brand, obviously, which is what the smart person would do, mm-hmm. right? So um, just imagine taking a phone call from a guy, you know, um, that says, hey, listen, I got this great idea. I think, you know, we, you know, I should partner up. And you say, okay, well, where are your results? Or who are the guy, you know, who are you? You know, so I certainly understand. So a lot of different phone calls that I kind of went through trying to find the right partner. And then I spoke to Ataka. He's the uh, CEO of uh, Link to Load. I mean, just right away, we just hit it off. He, he understood what we were trying to do right away. I tried to explain it to him. He almost completed my sentences. Sounds like a movie, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he, he just understood. And, you know, the end goal is what he really understood. And he saw the same thing. And, you know, just based on his experience as well, because, you know, when he was trying to really um, get in the game or just really espouse uh, the benefits of, like, third-party delivery, um, for him, he was able to get that across. And then he understood what I was trying to do. And then, you know, we just... Um, did a couple of test runs and he said, listen, this is legitimate. I love it. I love the way you guys are doing. I see where it's going. Mm-hmm. And then he just kind of got on board. So it was just fantastic. Um, and, but long story short, yes, it took a while to kind of get there. A lot of phone calls, a lot of cold calls, but um, it, I think we found the, the perfect partner in Link to Load. Interestingly enough, uh, I, was, I was talking to someone, I think it was yesterday, about the mm-hmm. uh, establishment or the, the established companies, traditional companies being afraid to fail. Um, I know mm-hmm. it's a smart decision to veer away from failure, but the only true way mm-hmm. to understand where the market's going is to put yourself in a different number of endeavors. So as, as a f- fulfillment service, all you need to do is get the goods from point A to point B. Uh, why right. they couldn't see beyond that, that they are not actually responsible for the quality of the goods. They're just simply the mm-hmm. conveyor of them to their end point. Uh, kind of scares me that how many more industries in Zimbabwe are like that, where a company that shouldn't really... I, I, I'm not talking about, you know, you're, you're, like it's not a case of you trafficking anything illicit, but I'm saying uh, if everything's above board and this mm-hmm. person wants to partner with you and the, the terms are agreeable, why then would you want to step away from something that could potentially be great? I don't know, maybe have you seen like is it, is the, the difference in, in the Zimbabwean business and the American business mentality? I know it's there, but what have you observed um, around that, the, the, the whole, they don't want to really deal with, with ideas and, and vision and potential? That's me. I mean, what's what's the right way to explain something to someone that hasn't seen it before, right? Sure, yeah. You know, I mean, you, you you're big on e-commerce, right? You're big on tech. You know, you know, Instacart. But how do you explain Instacart to someone that's never seen it before, or like that doesn't really know how well it works? Mm. You know, is there a right way to do that? Do that? There is. I think there's the analogy that how do you explain the color blue to someone who has never seen it? Like, yeah, right. Scared <laughs> to think of us. You're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. You're like, okay. You're like, okay. Well, it looked, it's, uh, well, it looked kind of good to be honest. You start there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I, see, I, I see the problem. Like, I, I, I'm trying to imagine it in, in a founder's mind to try and pitch something to someone who has no idea right. or no conceptual, not conceptual, but no way to conceptualize what you're trying to do. Like, that's pretty frightening. Right. And not only that, but just not seeing the end goal too, right? Because Instacart was around for many years. And then, you know, if you've actually used it, unless you use Instacart, right, you wouldn't really appreciate it, right? You can just look at it as another startup that's worth, you know, whatever billion dollars, you don't care about it, right? But then when you use it, you're like, holy cow, this is actually something special, right? So I think um, 
So for me to convince someone else, like, hey, listen, check this out, right? I think I had this idea and I've seen what it looks like when you follow the idea through completion. Mm. So when you do that to somebody else, and then it's, unless you can show them the end product, it's going to be very, very hard to get that across though. Um, Again, you know, link to load. I mean, those guys are great, man. I love them so much. You know, made my job so much easier, huh? (laughs) (laughs) So staying on the whole fulfillment thing, in the article, there was... um, Article that Gary Guy wrote, um, he said, um, mm-hmm. I estimates that their delivery agents will earn as much as $20 per hour uh, when or if the, the service goes mainstream. And obviously, mm-hmm. the Texan community, when they see a number like that, like 20 bucks an hour is, is, is ridiculous. I know the minimum wage in the US is like 15 at, at the very highest, um, but 20 bucks mm-hmm. is one of those, like, that's life changing amounts per hour. So you say if the service goes mainstream, like, um, we had a lot of questions around that. Is that something you want to address? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I know. I, I guess I got beaten up by a couple of people in the comments, right? It's yeah. like, well, what's going on, right? <laughs> to me, that was just that was just like a side note. Honestly, that was just you know that was just part of the fact. I mean, because keep in mind, we've done a whole bunch of deliveries, right? And then we did the testing before. So even before we went through a soft launch, right? And we actually you know had a full launch, we'd done so many different tests, and the average is like fifteen to twenty bucks an hour, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it depends what area and how many hours you worked, you can actually get it up there a little bit, right? Um, and, a, and a side note is I actually worked for Instacart, right? Just right before we know when we were getting started, I wanted to get an idea of what it would be like to be a driver or to be a delivery person, right? Okay. Um, ultimately, I wish I had this when I was in college, honestly, right? Mm-hmm. Because the idea is that you're not a full-time employee, right? Mm-hmm. You're just getting contracted to work. Right. So anytime you need money, there is nothing, you know, you can just flick the light on. It doesn't matter who you are. You can be a struggling artist. You can be a musician. You can be saving up for home improvements, whatever it is that you're doing. You can just go ahead, sign up, go to LinkedIn, for example. Right. And say, hey, listen, let me just go ahead and set me up and you can just flick a light on work for three or four hours. There is literally no training required because you already go shopping. Right. Well, I mean, what, what, what is the. How long does it take you to how long does it take to train someone to go shopping? I mean, we've all done it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like the idea that, you know, all these people can just get on there and just you can just go clock in, you can do four or five hours, just depending on what you need, right? And you can make like 50, 60 bucks for a day, right? I wish I had that. You know, so just you know, just the idea that, you know, so when we did that, when we did the test, we wanted to make sure that um the drivers are getting paid. I mean, that's one of the main things about IMIS, right? I think we mentioned that in the article too, is, um, you know, some of the drivers are like guys that, you know, have like 15 A's for O-level. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how, how do you do that? Like, how do you do that, right? You know, guy got an A for Latin. He's like, I didn't know that was possible, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> but you're like... But these are the kind of guys that are going there and driving. Okay, so for me, I'm excited about the opportunity because if this guy can make that kind of money, right, on average, right, if he can do that consistently, can you imagine the kind of startups or the kind of things that he can do with that kind of money? So we're all about just putting money in people's pockets as far as the driver's concerned. I mean, I just cannot wait to see what happens when um, when stuff when it starts to happen on a consistent basis. The more you know, the more we expand and all that sort of stuff. Because, you know, the, with the whole um, working part-time um, as, as a driver for something, we have our own version of Uber. I'm sure you've heard of it. Econet's uh, Via or Cassava. Uh, now Eager Cash Holdings in Zimbabwe. Uh, they keep changing the names. So I'm trying to figure out which one they're using now. Um, so mm-hmm. 
Via there's Windy, there's um, a bunch of other services that are around um, that offer that. You know, you can work you know certain hours. So a friend of mine a while back wanted to sign up to be a Via driver. Uh, so she's a she's a lab tech. She wanted to make an extra, some extra money because government doesn't pay as much as she'd like, and she has a lot of running expenses. And she said the one right. thing about the onboarding process was that it was friction filled. There was so much you had to go for and clearance and whatnot to do that. And you said you didn't have to train anyone to become um uh, to join Lincoln Loads to become um sorry link to load to become a um um to become an IMS driver or a link to load driver. Um what other requirements are needed for you to get on board to be like yeah the, the as we call it in Zimbabwe the KYC process, the, the know your customer sort of process to be to apply. Oh, got you. I mean that's a very good question. I mean I will be honest with you. So we do one hundred percent um so we have full trust and that's that's one of the basics of our uh, partnership. So we do full trust. Um, with link to load. So they do all, they do the vetting. But as far as I understand, just based on conversations that we've had, right? You know, myself and not Taka, it's a, it seems to me like it's a straightforward process, right? Um, because based on what we've talked about as far as delivery, how long it takes, and so on and so forth, right? He has an understanding that, you know, time is one of the most important commodities, right? Mm. And just the more streamlined it is, the more people can kind of get on board. Um, so for me, my personal experience or what I think is going to be the, uh, um, I think it's going to be a straightforward process. I just don't see it being any other way. Mm. Um, so maybe just maybe, po- you know, police clearance, right? I mean, that's going to be very interesting, right? I'd be surprised if that's not there. <laughs> There's nothing in Zimbabwe that doesn't require police clearance. So right. And then. Right. And then, so I think beyond that, I mean, maybe just a quick interview or uh, something along those lines. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to, you know, maybe uh, you have to reach out to Taka, but um, they do 100% of um, the hiring, but um, I'd be surprised if it's not straightforward. Okay. So for those who want to do it as a more long-term project, what are the benefits, protections, if you know, for the workforce? Because again, referencing Instacart, I'm sure you know about the the, the lawsuit and the the subsequent um, beefing up of, of employee benefits and protections. Mm-hmm. Um, so really just do it. So here for Instacart, it's, it's based on state, right? State by state, right? Um, so essentially Instacart, like all these good workers, they were essentially about to uh, shut down California Uber, mm-hmm. right? And just, just completely move out of the state because you know, there is a certain point where the company just won't make any money at all. Right, where they have to say, you know, everyone has to be an independent contractor because if they start to use all their profits toward um, making everyone an employee, right, that means everyone's going to have a schedule, right? That means you have to report to work from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. or something like that, or there's going to be performance bonuses. I mean, there's just going to be a whole lot of different layers that no one necessarily wants. The majority of people actually want to be independent contractors, just the ability just to work consistently, right, whenever they choose. I mean, that's what we champion, you know, um, the idea that anyone, no matter your background, no matter what your goals are, financial or uh, career goals, whatever you want, there is an opportunity you can kind of go in there and make as much money as possible and just, and don't have any overbearing boss or anyone that's overbearing you or telling you what to do. Um, I think that's just the ultimate goal for Ahmed. I hope that the goals don't shift because usually when companies get bigger, um, they, the, the, the ideals that started off at the beginning begin to change. Um, we've seen this with Spotify with a number of the big companies that have become really big over the, over the years. 
what they uh, what they espoused to do when they began and what they are now are two very different things because once you scale demands and pressures force you to make quote unquote executive and business decisions about certain things. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's just, um, it's one thing that I'm always worried about with, with, with Zimbabwean startups, with Zimbabwean startups done, done by Zimbabweans, but you're in that space. So I guess you understand um, that. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think things do change. Uh, but even if let's say they, 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 they change it and I'm, for example, start saying you need to be there at nine to five or whatever. Um, I'm guessing the handling of the, of the, of the, of the, uh, contractors would be pretty much be the same in terms of you know just the care to which that they handled um i don't know see i, I would have to talk so hey i'll tell you as you know um, as a co-founder like my my thing for sure right and again it, it just it just comes from a place where i want people to make the most amount of money right and then um so with that in mind i i just can't imagine a scenario where i would want to put pigeonhole somebody into doing something that they don't want to do right mm-hmm. so um sitting there trying to create a structure or trying to force people to work at a certain time I, that to me makes no sense like I, I don't see the avenue i've never and so that's just a personal thing right and then just globally just looking at the market um looking at instacart and all these gig economies right the ones that are successful are the ones where people come in and go as they please right so um the people that want to work every day and make a career out of it they can do that and then there's the ones that just want to work for a small period of time you know maybe during christmas make a certain amount of money and then just you know take a break and you know come back six months after right that to me is the ideal scenario i just can't imagine what would you know i mean it's it's failed. So there's no investor that can come in and tell us, you know, to do something different than what's already working in different markets. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. You kind of speak like someone yeah. who understands the mechanics of the great resignation, that as much as the Gen X and Gen X and millennials are afraid to leave jobs, Gen Z's don't give an expletive. I can't say the word on them, but they don't, they don't care. These guys walk out the day after I've been seeing a lot on TikTok. Um, mm-hmm managers saying that these guys don't care they will quit mid-shift and be like i will not be treated in a certain way uh, i think right. the first generation to understand the power that the employee has uh, the proletariat yeah. is, as, as, as marx calls them so it's good to see that you guys will, will try we'll try I, I won't say will but we'll try to stay the course as as the company obviously scales um then now now looking at the local markets now uh Karikai's review of of, of imx uh, was that he used it himself i was trying to get, uh, to try get a feel of it so what has the what are the what have the conversations been sorry um with people in Zimbabwe who want to use this who see the convenience of the service who want who know that um it takes a, a liter of fuel now is i think one dollar thirty nine for a liter of fuel so it's expensive uh to to, to 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 drive around obviously also factoring in the wear and tear and components is an argument I make about delivery services that it's not making you lazy you're just saving what you have because the, your car has to go to service at a certain point in time so you might as well utilize someone out there who's willing to put that infrastructure at risk to get you the thing you're going to get anyway. Um, right. So in terms of uh, discussions with locals about who just want to use the service, what has that been like? Is that a different messaging from the diaspora or are you using the same sort of structure? Um, so what we're waiting on is honestly, we're waiting for feedback from the locals, right? Um, because specifically, again, when we started off, I mean, um, you know, when you talk about like, Instacart adoption, right? Just the model, right? Adoption in different markets, right? You know, and again, South America, I keep mentioning, you know, Colombia, 
El Salvador, all these different places, right? Again, worse demographics than us because they're just not as educated. Um, they don't speak English and they don't have U.S. dollars, right? There's there's a lot that goes on like in those markets, right? Um, so when we speak to, um, you know, people in the diaspora, right, that was our main target because, I mean, I think a few of the competitors that we mentioned, right, or that we didn't mention, rather, um, <laughs> a lot of their sales volume is actually coming from the diaspora, right? So we've had this desire just to kind of, you know, focus specifically on the diaspora because that would really help um, the company just become a success, right? So just just attacking the problem from two fronts. So the idea that, um people in the diaspora are already familiar with it. And then they have the dollars just based on what the competitors are saying about what the market is doing. So most of their orders are actually come from the diaspora. So we focused a lot on that. I mean, that was just, you know, the main business model. But when we take a look at what's going on in, in Zim, um, we've had some feedback. We've had people say like, you know, why don't you take EcoCash? But there's a couple of different, I think even got a guy said, you know, we need to uh, figure out how to integrate different payment systems, Right. Um, so that is something. So we just gain gathering feedback, but we'd really like it available for locals as well. I mean, that would be fantastic for us. You know, um, if someone, you know, just does not have the time, doesn't matter where you live, if you can just go on there and make a purchase, you know, get it dropped off at your house. I mean, how you know, how great would that be? Right. Um, so if we can attack the problem from two fronts, have the locals kind of go in there, make a purchase, right? you know, from the store that they normally shop at anyway. Um, and then just have the diaspora kind of, you know, come in and do the exact same thing. I mean, I think it'd be a, um, you know, very fascinating um, thing. So that's something that we're working on. I, w- I would love to roll this out by February, I think next year. Yeah. I, I would send me because I, I hate going to grocery shops. Um, I that. <laughs> that's where the, the amount of time that's wasted in a grocery shop, in my perspective, for example, because I feel like, I never have the time to do it. And when I do it, I'm, I'm rushing. So I forget stuff because I'm going from point A to point B and I need to meet that and whatnot. So I feel like something okay. that I can lay out and put in a list, um, something that would be great. I was going through the app and I didn't see something of uh, repeatable purchases or something that can allow me to purchase the same things in intervals. I only saw some one-time purchases. Right. Um, so that's, yeah, that's, that's an engineering headache, right? I'll be honest. Mm. So <laughs> it's one of those things where if you wanted to, um, that, that will be something that will come out in version two, version three, right? Just based on the feedback. Um, but essentially, um, you know, have, hey, what was my last order? Okay, let me go get it again. And so there's that. And then there's a handful of other things that we're working on um, just based, again, on feedback um, that we want to roll out. I think um, I don't want to put too many dates because people are going to start messaging me and saying, yeah. hey, listen, we'll, yeah, yeah, when was that thing you're you promise. <laughs> you were talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I sort of want to kind of avoid that, but then for sure that is on the horizon. You mean, when you talk about all the different sprints that we have lined up as far as, you know, updating the app, um, that one for sure is going to be at the top of the list for sure. Yes. Yeah, so that's, that's obviously going to tie in with the, um, with the, what's called a, a subscription sort of service, correct? If, if that ends up being coming to fruition. Subscription. I, I don't know how I feel about subscriptions, honestly. Um, that's something that's still we we kind of go in um, internally as far as you know dollars concerned. But um, you know, the, we we just not long ago we hired someone that's um, 
that's that's an expert, I guess, in that field. Uh, they worked in different companies and different startups in that avenue. Um, you know, so when you're talking about pricing structure, so we've given them parameters about how we want to price it, right? Because we don't want to have a situation where like, uh, uh, where it's not beneficial, you know, because how IMS is created, right? It's everyone is this benefiting, right? I, I, I kid you not. It's such a strict formula. It's, I don't know. I'm, I'm, we're actually proud of the work that we did on this project, right? So if you take a look, every single person, so from the delivery driver to IMS itself, right, to the local companies, you know, um, you know, it's such a cohesive, um, you know, split, is, you know, and even the customer, when they pay, they're not paying, you know, so amount of money just to make sure the order works, right? Yeah. It's the, the customer pays a small amount of money, right? And then the delivery driver makes, you know, money, IMS makes a small percentage, and then, so like every single thing that's within that, you know, ecosystem is perfect. It's, it couldn't be calibrated any better. Right. So now when, you know, people start talking about, um, let's get a subscription service, right. For me, it's like, how is that going to affect, right. Are we really at this point, are you trying to milk the customer at this point, or is it just going to be something that's going to be interesting to the customer? What do they want to get out of it? Is it the customer that, you know, makes a purchase every week? Okay. They can sell me on that, but then like all the different other avenues where, cause you know, you've seen those companies where all they're trying to do is just rent every dollar out of every customer, right? Um, that's not the avenue that we're looking to get into. If it makes sense, if it's directed toward the customer, if it's what the customer wants, by all means, we're looking to do that, I think. But again, it just has to make sense from the customer perspective. Yeah. So I think, my my uninformed and uh, impertinent opinion is telling me this would make sense for the diasporans uh, more if um, they get to a point where they reach a baseline with um, the kind of purchases they're making month to month. Uh, because from my, right. my understanding of this Bobbin household is very very few things really change from what you're going to buy uh, month to month, unless mm-hmm. obviously Christmas period, the holiday season is when things really shift. But in between those times, the basics usually stay the same. And that I right. think might be a seamless process for the person not having to repeat the order that they are going to make anyway. Uh, maybe quantities might right. change here and there, but it's one of those things that um, I have a feel the diaspora market would really be up for. But in terms of it becoming a recurring revenue model where it's actually taking money from the account, I totally get you. I think you should have a prompt to say, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm just spitballing you. Like, you know, you made this purchase this time last month. Do you want to repeat the purchase? Or when they get into the app, but want to make a purchase. And it's like, yeah, right. do you want to? duplicate the order you did last time, stuff like that. Um, From I'm a big user experience guy. Um, I like apps that make it, um, that give me the option as well as convenience. So it's always usually for me a very difficult balance to strike um, between the two. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, because you you can use um, Amazon, right? As much as I hate Amazon, right? But they haven't figured out, honestly, right? Because they they send me, um, you know, so say, for example, you, you buy shampoo on there. Right. They just know that in, you know, three months, if you shower two times, if you shower every day, right. It's yeah. <laughs> the weirdest. It's a weird. Yeah. Yeah. But then, you know, if you don't run out of shampoo, they're like, well, I guess this guy doesn't shower every day. I guess. Right. Maybe we'll be wrong. Maybe we'll be wrong. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, what, whatever the product is, like they have specific time snaps and, 
those prompts and those alerts, like they make sense. It's not overbearing. It's not um, overselling me or trying to upsell me on any other product, right? It just makes sense based on my own history, right? Um, so again, so we'd be, you know, we'd be looking to hire someone that can do something like that, that just understands those kind of mechanics. Again, on the, the user experience kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? I'm, I, no one likes to be sold to all the time, right? It's just, you know, if I feel like the app understands what I'm trying to do and just, you know, and just not, I don't know, send me countless emails per day, you know, like, uh, you know, I'd, I'd be okay with certain marketing, you know, kind of things. So, um, you know, those are the kind of things that we look to do. And, um, and um, privacy is also another big thing. So, but let's talk about it another time like that. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, privacy is one of those things that will that'll take an hour. And I know it's, it's very early in the morning. But, um <laughs> Uh, so I wanted to wrap up by asking uh, plans for the f- plans for the immediate future. I know we've talked a little bit about uh, the, f- the features that are slated, but not uh, you know written stone for February. But in a in a best case scenario, uh, 2022, what would you want IMS to achieve? Let's say three things you'd want to be able to roll out uh, in the engineering perspective. Um, so <clears throat> well, that's a very good question. All right. Um, so at the top of the list, um, you know, when you when you kind of go down, what we'd want to do is we'd want to have, um, we'd want to secure like a, a handful of partnerships, right? There's one or two that we're, you know, that we're really pursuing, right? That we think would make sense. I mean, that would kind of help everyone kind of get back along, right? And then there's a handful. If you take a look at the other article, like there's a handful of companies, you know, or just I think in general, really, uh, people don't take, um, inventory management as um, they don't it's it's not as seriously it's not taken as seriously as it should be I feel like mm. right you know so I think um, with the rise in partnerships right we can you know almost um, add to the user experience and kind of have people go into the store and kind of pick up their order if they feel like they want to say well it's delivery free right so that's number one would be a partnership right mm. and then number two with that partnership we'd want to see other companies really get a hold of their inventory, right? And just really nail down, like, listen, we need to kind of track every single product, every single thing. That way it's easier to track over time, right? Um, the byproduct of that would be just in general, the entire market, everyone, you know, e-commerce, I think, would just become more acceptable, right? People would just enjoy it more, right? Knowing that they're going to pay for a product, they're probably going to get it. But this whole thing where you kind of place an order online, there's a 50-50 chance that you're going to get it. I mean, that's um, not too many people really appreciate that. <laughs> mm-hmm. at least. Um, and then, you know, so finally, obviously, at that point, we'd want to have um, a mix of different retailers. So it won't just be grocery stores. It would be um, sneaker stores. It would be um, hardware stores. Um, and then at some point, who knows, maybe my alma mater, maybe my old school, where I would be able to kind of get, uh, there was an opportunity to pay tuition on there. Mm. So that would be something that we look forward to. Um, hope you can see something interesting happen in the next, uh, at least Q1 and Q1 2022. I mean, that's something that I think will be exciting for us. Yeah, please keep us posted. I'm really interested in how this endeavor will go. Yeah, absolutely. Well, By the way, have you used Imus yet? Uh, I have not. I'm actually going to use it month end uh, when I'm when I'm more flush than I am now. Because yeah, December and <laughs> November. November is my worst saving month because I spend on stuff I don't need. Yeah, 
I think isn't isn't it all of us. I think. I have some people that's more responsible than I am. Like some people my age are like super responsible, and here I am buying lighting gear, and I'm like, and they're like, dude, you should be saving for stuff, but no, no. Be uh, got yeah, understood. Milton, thank you very much for joining us. Um, you know, this is and, uh, yeah. the, the the real crack of dawn for you. Uh, thank you for your time and. Uh, for the listeners, thank you very much for joining us for this podcast. Hopefully, we have finance in the future. And check it out. I'll leave the link to Karikai's review in the, the description as well as the, the links to download the apps. You can try it out for yourself. So check you out next time. Excellent. All right, guys. Thanks so much. And I uh, really appreciate you. Cheers. All right. Take care.